Ebony K. Williams, attorney and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the latest legal headlines that everybody's already talking about. But we dig deep into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down, going straight from gavel to your newsfeed. And every week, we keep it 100. Right, Dustin? That's right, E. Let's hold court. What's up, jurors? Now, y'all know that one of the things we do very well here on Holding Court is discuss the laws of the land according to the culture. And we're going to dig a little deeper here into the headlines and give you the real real on what's happening on Capitol Hill in your local government. Remember, all politics is local and, of course, in the White House. Now, because all of y'all know the extensive work that I have done and will continue to do, you know how important it is to me to keep y'all informed and keep you citizens. So listen to that in today's best of episode, pull some of this season's best conversations about government and policy. So on this episode, we take a look back at our coverage of President Biden's marijuana pardons. Yeah, we'll look at that. Also, Iowa Republicans that are trying to ban same-sex marriage into a so-called settled law. Guess what? Spoiler alert. There is no quote settled law. And also the Voting Rights Act. And a victory, surprisingly, for Alabama Democrats. So listen, we will also touch something that all of y'all are still talking about. That is President Biden's student loan plan. So listen, plan B for student loans, it's probably going to end just like plan A. So take a listen. President Joe Biden has uh, officially pardoned, you know, anybody that has been convicted of marijuana, simple possession Mm -hmm. under federal law. You have hereby been pardoned by the president of the United States of America. And this is true. This is true, y'all. That's a full, correct statement. Okay. But let me tell y'all what that really means. However, comma. However, comma. Okay. But and. Right. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about a pardon, which is um, a version of an executive order. Now, we've talked about executive orders on this show before. Y'all might need to go back and listen to some old holding court episodes. But in short, an executive order is just that. It's a United States president, sitting president, making a unilateral uh, legislative policy effort. Mm -hmm. So he does it with the power of the pen. There's no votes. There's Mm -hmm. no Congress. There's no approval. There's no process. It's just I decided so. So boom. So boom. Great. Sometimes it got to be that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) However... That type of policy, Dustin, is so limited um, and for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't want the last motherfucker to have but so much power with his pen. Right. So that is why executive orders are um, they're just always kind of low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, so anytime that's just a flag for y'all uh, jurors out there. Anytime anything is done through executive order. Just don't get but so excitable, mm-hmm. um, good, bad or other, just because it's, it's just not going to have a lot of impact. And that's by design. That's right, because any one crazy motherfucker could do too much harm. Right, so there okay. has to be some sort of checks and balances. That in part, place. yeah, that part, Dustin Ross, exactly. Okay, so that said, here we go. It is an executive order. This is what it does. Again, it pardons and clears everybody who has ever been convicted of a simple possession charge, which started about the 1970s. Now, what it does not do: mm-hmm. trafficking, distribution, uh, and that's what most people. <laughs> frankly, are going to be convicted of. So if it's a simple possession, you're pardoned. If it was selling or distributing marijuana on any level, you are not pardoned. Yeah. Okay. By the way, you're also not pardoned if you have a state conviction, which is the vast majority of these charges, Dustin. Like, I I don't have a number. They don't really have numbers. But 
probably upwards of 80 percent are state convictions, are state convictions. And I'm going to tell you why. When you think about the federal government, we already talked about the feds. We talked about the feds day one on this show, mm-hmm. day one, mm-hmm. episode one, season one. Yes. You are talking about resources, efforts, bag, money, just the scope and range of the power of the federal government is immense. Mm-hmm. They're not going to waste their time on no low-level simple possession bullshit. They let the states handle they that. Let the sta- they let the locals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's local. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's local. Yes. No shade. Yeah. It's for some sheriff's department. Let them handle that. You know, yeah. it's yeah. for some local DAs. Yeah, we over here. Yeah, it's for your mm-hmm. par, par and parcel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're doing kingpin shit. Yes. We're doing mafia. We're doing organized crime. We're doing Rico. Yes. And R. Kelly. No. <laughs> Man. So. That's what's going on there. So Biden's pardon doesn't affect any state charges. It doesn't even affect any federal distribution. And that's the other thing. If the feds are touching marijuana, which the federal government really doesn't deem important. Yeah. uh, Because it's just some grass. Mm -hmm. And that's how that's how the feds talk about it. Like even when they're doing conspiracy cases and stuff, Dustin, because I've been in the rooms with them. uh, They want powder. Yeah. They want heroin. They want higher level drugs. Yeah, and if, yeah. if it's marijuana, it's got to be a truckload. I'm mm-hmm. talking about a big old 18-wheeler. Mm-hmm. So this is hardly anybody is yeah. what I'm saying in short. This is very, very few people that will be impacted by a simple possession federal uh, c- uh, conviction to be pardoned by a president. And even that, right? So let's say you're in that small group where, where you actually have a simple possession uh, federal conviction and now you're pardoned. This is from the Justice Department. While the presidential pardon will restore various rights lost as a result of the pardon defense, uh, and that, that should lessen some stigma arising from the conviction because now you've been pardoned. Mm-hmm. Dustin, it will not erase, not erase, nor even expunge the record of your actual conviction. So it's still so there. So what the hell is the point? This is just a headline. <laughs> this is just something to make people... People feel like he's doing something good or well, what's on. the point? Well, ho, ho, ho. I'm glad you asked. Hold on one second. So even if you are granted the pardon, you still on your applications for housing, education, all the things this is supposed to help have to disclose your conviction. And then you can add that you've since been pardoned by the president under executive order, such and such, such and such. Um, this is so stupid. You still have the stain of the conviction. You still got to like, you got to tell them. Because a federal uh, pardon process is more time consuming. Mm-hmm. You might want to uh, consult with the da, 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 da for your restoring your state civil rights. In, in short, the pardon is an asterisk. Mm-hmm. That's the impact and the effect, Dustin. That's it. That's it. it. It says that you still have to tell whatever agency you are dealing with. If you're applying for a job, if you're applying for housing, if you're applying to get back in school, you, you better not not disclose it because mm-hmm. that's a federal offense. Mm-hmm. You got to tell them, and then you say, oh, and I was pardoned. But it's not expunged. It's not erased. And if you got some state charges, you fucked. Because Biden, all, all he can do, which is all he can do on this, I give him. Uh, well, it's not all he can do. Put a pin in it. I'm going to tell you what his ass can do. Right. But what he's willing to do right now, mm-hmm, distinction, mm-hmm. is encourage governors who actually have power over state convictions which is where most of this injustice has occurred Mm -hmm. uh to follow suit and do the same and of course they're pushing back um aggressively because that's what they do 
They don't, and that's and that's you know that's across party lines. To be honest with you, because governors don't like to be told what to do by presidents yeah. anyway. Yeah, you know that's that's ego. That's yeah, politics. Exactly. So what could he actually do? Well, he could get off his ass, and he could do the real work of whipping the votes. You mm-hmm. remember House of Cards? Yes. Now, say what you will about Frank Underwood. Mm-hmm. But Frank mm-hmm. Underwood knew how to whip them motherfucking votes. Mm-hmm. And that's what Biden needs to do. If you want to pass some real legislative change that's going to live up to the so-called campaign and inaugural day promise that Biden did make to black America. Yes. He said, I owe y'all. Y'all put me in the White House. I appreciate y'all. Yep. Um, And I'm going to do right by y'all. And I'm going to create legislation and policy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push through legislation and policy that is going to restore um, equality and make up for the 400 plus years of of, of systemic racism in America. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that. You didn't say that. He That's said what he that said to us. To us. Yeah. As he was sworn into office. Mm-hmm. So this is how you actually do that, Mr. President. Now I'm joking because you know you know what to do. Right. Joseph. Robinette. Right. <laughs> Well, wake your ass. Well, more on that later. Go yeah. ahead. Ed. Oh, that too, right? Because I'm tired. <laughs> and if I'm tired, he I tired. know he's like... He's tired too, <laughs> yeah, really. I shit. mean, shit. Sleepy ass. But, Mr. President, what you need to do is you need to figure out exactly how to have a majority of votes that will pass a legislation that actually does something on drug uh, reform and, and and sentencing reform mm-hmm. from a congressional level. Mm-hmm. So that's both your United States House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. And if your margins are too low, meaning you don't have enough Democrats or enough willing Democrats, because, you know, you can't count that damn um, Joe Manchin at all um, or Kirsten Simeon, because, you know, they're going to they pussyfoot and, mm-hmm. and, and placate these Republicans till they, they last days. That's mm-hmm. what they're going to do. So Which you I can't even count them. Yeah. Go ahead. Some people just, you just need natural causes. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you just need natural Sometimes causes. Sometimes you need natural causes. Yeah. Um, so you can't count those. So, Mr. President, go, go on and get out here in these streets. Do the work. Do the work and get the votes you need and tell the American public the truth and say, listen, if y'all want some real reform on this, that, and the third, Here's I, what need we have the yeah. I need the votes. I need the votes. I need the votes. I don't have the votes. And he said nothing. Because you're playing. Because you're playing with people. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're saying I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And and, and that's that's not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's better than nothing, but just barely. Mm-hmm. Just barely. Just just do the real work, which is going to take getting more Democrats slash conscious Republicans, whatever the fuck you want to call them, people that are willing to actually make good on these policies. Yeah. I don't really care what letters in front of your name. Just make it good. Make, make it, it good. Enough, make it enough. Make it good. Make it right. Yeah. And if you don't have the numbers in the House of Representatives and you don't have the numbers, Biden, in the in the Senate, go door to door and make that happen and tell the people, y'all can reelect me all day. Yeah. If y'all don't come out in these midterms. I, my hands are tied. My hands are tied and everything I promise y'all and everything you want, I will not be able to do. Yeah. That's how you really move the needle, Dustin. Hmm. Well, hopefully we see that happen. I don't know, you know, what kind of, mo- I don't know how they're going to prop them up and get them around door to door. I don't know, but you know, I'm sure you can put <laughs> a team can, of people together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just <laughs> sitting up there next to somebody dead than a motherfucker. But no, this, you're absolutely right. And he yeah. needs to do that. Like it should be important. So. Yeah. And then that, and then that 
is worthy of our applause. Mm-hmm. That is worthy of our electorate uh, as black voters showing up again. Yes. And listen, be clear. We want to put your ass back in office because yeah. we don't we want that other thing want, back. Right. We don't want that old work. Yep. Or anyone connected to him. Or anyone connected to him or about that particular life. That yeah. is not in our interest. So let me be very clear. We're trying to work with you. We want we want you to succeed because it's more so in our interest than the alternative. Absolutely. But, sir, and Madam Vice President, and I ain't going to say nothing else on her. Right. But I agree because you know. Because you already know. Right. We're tired of, of y'all winning off the strength of our backs by default. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're mm-hmm. going to move on. Mm-hmm. Iowa Republicans with the great surprise. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Did I do that? Wow. Fuck out of here. Iowa. Iowa, Repub- Iowa, right? Iowa Republicans proposing a same-sex uh Marriage ban. Not surprising. This is a joint resolution. Eight Republicans saying this. I quote in accordance with the laws of nature and nature's God. The state of Iowa recognizes the definition of marriage to be the uh, solemnized union between one human biological man and one human biological female. Okay, fine. Now, if the measure becomes law, it would conflict with the Supreme Court's 2015, oh, I misspoke earlier, I said 2012, so it's been even more recent. Even more recent, 20, further to your damn point. Further to my point, yeah. the confetti is definitely still right. on the ground. Okay. 2015 landmark decision to legalize same-sex marriage nationwide. We just got that decision, y'all, not 10 years ago, 2015. And Congress's bipartisan passage of the Respect for Marriage Act, with ju- which just passed a bipartisan Congress last year. So this is the Supreme Court saying yay on same-sex marriage 2015. And then the current Congress essentially saying yay again. And they did so by codifying it with the Respect for Marriage Act. I wanna, I'm not going to give no more energy to these Republican quotes because it's just it's my show and I don't give a fuck. Fuck them. Suck That's fuck right. Them. Right. OK, so let's talk about why I'm even covering this. I'm covering this because of this reason. When I was in law school, Dustin, and even when I was a, a baby lawyer, there used to be this thing we would say called uh, settled law. OK. Things like affirmative action was settled law. The right to an abortion was settled law. <laughs> Various things were considered. Once the Supreme Court ruled on them, we general uh, integration of schools, mm-hmm. Brown v. Board of Education, mm-hmm. settled law. And I believe I did. A, a, somebody pulled a receipt on my ass, uh, <laughs> which is fine. From Twitter, I was doing a, a, a Fox News segment or something in 2012, 13. Mm-hmm. And I had said, well, you know, it's a preposterous notion that there would ever be a legitimate threat to a woman's right to choose because we all know Roe versus Wade is settled law. And I believe that shit. God is my I, witness. We all did. We had no reason not to believe that it wasn't settled law, right? Or so we thought. But then I fucked around and found out like we all did. And so what we now know, if we're being truthful, Dustin, there is no such a thing is settled law in America. That's really scary, Ebony. I know it is, but we got to say it out loud because yeah. otherwise we'll be under the delusion yeah. of protections that we don't really that have. That just don't exist. That don't exist. Yeah. So the reason I'm bringing this old local corny ass, you know, Iowa, the corn state. So. Right. <laughs> you see how I did that? Oh, Auntie E <laughs> jokes corner. I'm laughing. From the cor- from the country. 
The reason I'm bringing this old corny ass story out of Iowa, which is unsurprising that Iowa Republicans at that would would try to codify a ban on same sex marriage is this is how it starts. Right. So when we look at how we got Roe versus Wade stripped from right out of our faces, right beneath our noses in this generation of America, how did that happen? We'll go back to Alabama. Maybe I would say three to four to six years ago. And they start and we started seeing it in Georgia, Texas, Alabama. What did we start seeing, Dustin? State and local efforts to ban abortions. Right. To to limit abortions to if you don't get it in the first 30 days, it's illegal. Yeah. And a lot of us didn't really pay attention to it, honestly, in the legal community, because it felt. Y'all could try that little corny local bullshit, but we already know we got Roe versus Wade and it wasn't fathomable at the time that anything would usurp Roe versus Wade. Like we, we, we stood 10 toes down on the protections of a federal court ruling, a Supreme court ruling that we just knew made this a non-issue until it didn't until it did not. And we should have honestly anticipated some shit like this coming. Right. There's no, we should have anticipated people, people whose, Entire existence is built upon hate and um, exclusion. We should have expected yes. them to be strategizing some sort of attack on these settled laws that that's we it. know they don't agree with. Yeah. And that's why they packed the Supreme Court for those conservative judges yep. to get the ball rolling with this bullshit right here. Yeah. And then, and then it becomes an alley-oop layup situation every time. So I'm telling y'all for a reason. We have if, if, your state has got to do. We got to do two things at one time, Dustin. Mm-hmm. States like New York or or anywhere else that believes mm-hmm. in the inclusion of liberties for all. Right. Okay. Y'all need to have state laws that codify it. Now it's very good that we have this recent bipartisan effort talking about this, but don't get too comfortable. Right. You know, I'm very glad that a bipartisan Congress recently uh, codified this. What do we call this? The Respect for Marriage Act. Yeah. That's good. But uh, it will not save us from the repeated attempts, Dustin, of forces of segregation and oppression by way of homophobia, (laughs) in this case. Yep. And it's, it's, it's anti-blackness in another. It's anti-Semitism yep. in another. Yep. It's Islamophobia in another. Yep. This time we just happen this to be talking about homophobia. This time we just happen homophobia. to be talking about homophobia. Those forces will continue. So it's just like roaches. All we got to do is when you see them. Stomp them out. Stomp them out. And don't let none slide. Yep. That's what we be fucking up at as a culture and as a community. And I'm talking about black. I'm talking about people that are for the divine rights of all Americans. Where we fuck up is two things. We think everybody else thinks like us. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> Big mistake. And you think that these little pockets of uh, uh, of hostility and hate are outliers. They are not. Nope. Okay. I spent five years at Fox for a reason, y'all. Because that is a healthy portion of the American ideology. You better know that. I just had a conversation um, about just this past weekend about um, the fact that we live in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is you going outside of the bubble to see just how the rest of the world 
is thinking differently from how you and a lot of the people around but we surround ourselves. Y'all. That's y'all. That's why I always keep some Republican friends. Yeah, well, you're right about that. You. You're right about I that. I keep some Republican friends. I don't give a fuck who think nothing about it. Yeah. Because it's very important for the work I do, Dustin Ross. Yeah, to be to have some aware. awareness. I need to know how these people are thinking yep. and how they are anticipating on moving. Yeah. You know, it is very hard to do the work of freedom, freedom fighting and liberations, particularly the liberation I do, which centers blackness. When you are a complete, uh, completely obtuse yep. to and the aloof. perspective, aloof and <laughs> obtuse yep. to the perspective and the arguments that will be made against your liberation. Yeah. If you can have advanced notice, awareness, and understanding of the counterpoints, that's only an advantage. Yeah. It Y'all, only offers you preparedness. This ain't even rocket science. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, it, this this just, again, reminder. A reminder. Yeah. So, what, what so a reminder. this is what it starts like. Mm-hmm. So let's just, we see the roach, stomp it out. And I don't care if it's Illinois. I don't care if it's Kansas. I don't say if it's Kentucky, they probably do some fuck shit like this next. Kentucky, you know what I mean? Stomp it out. States hold a hold a line, as as the good sis Tesla Figaro would say. Yes, love her. Shout out to Tesla Figaro. Shout out to Tesla. Shout out to uh, Ben Crump saying her name Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in, in the spaces that she needs to be honored. State level, hold the line. Yep. Federal level, hold the line. And this is why. Next time y'all think these elections don't matter in both state, local, municipal and federal level, you fuck around and let even one more conservative. It's really already an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. You know, the the reshaping of this current Supreme Court, Dustin, is going to take at least a generation. But but we but but here's the good news, because, you know, I believe in good news, the good news. Right. There is always an opportunity to reshape and add. Can't we add? Listen, let me. T- well, you done fucked around and, and opened the door for me, so now I got to talk about that. Yeah, the Supreme Court. But people that act like that is a crazy thought don't know their history. The Supreme Court did not always have nine justices. Mm-hmm. There was a time that it had less. Mm-hmm. So that is what we call precedent for the opportunity to add more justices for the preservation of balance. And I believe that's a compelling legal argument to say that we sh- we are at a point in time in which that should at least be legitimately on a negotiating table. Another point around that. President Biden got to stop fucking around with this filibuster because what that does is it completely undermines right. the ability to legitimately even have this conversation. Right. So, you know, while I, 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 I'm going to always call a spade a spade and say and say a thing is what it is. There's some things that this president and administration and his Department of Justice have done that are very, very important and would not have been done otherwise. And I give him credit for that. We give him credit for that, Dustin, on this show. But but my biggest critique of this administration has been their continued tether to a filibuster that not only doesn't serve their own administrative agenda Mm -hmm. it doesn't serve the well-being of the american citizens yeah and that's that on that that's it wow ebony well i'm pissed again (laughs) oh shit i'm fucking around and pissed off dustin i wouldn't piss me off so let's make it hot let's make it hot let's stomp them out Okay, but what we do want is yes. this victory, this win mm-hmm. that the culture just got and black voters in America just got from this 
conservative ass Supreme Court. Well, who to thunk it? I was gonna say, well, gee, golly, wow, <laughs> right? <laughs> Listen, how about that? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, just this uh, past week, uh, U.S. Supreme Court issued a five-four decision. Okay, in the landmark redistricting case, Allen v. Milligan. Uh, simply put. This was, I mean, we've all been seeing the headlines all across mm-hmm. the country, right? From for for the several uh, last years of various states, everything from Alabama. This one happens to be Alabama, but also Louisiana's doing this. Yeah. Uh, my home state of North Carolina, Virginia, all these states, primarily throughout the South, are trying to j- continue to gerrymander congressional mm-hmm. maps so that a st- here's an example: a state like Alabama. That has like 20-ish to 26% black population, significant, almost over a quarter of the state is black, Mm -hmm. has exactly one black Congress person. One. Same with Louisiana. I think they've even got maybe a touch more black population, but very close. 20 to 26, maybe even 28% black population in Louisiana. Right. Right. One black congressman. That don't make any damn sense. And I know him. Shout out to Troy Carter. But, um, and that's crazy. Like, that's crazy that that is the limitation of congressional representation for states in this country mm-hmm. that are almost a fourth black. And you mean to tell me we got one? Meanwhile, white uh, citizens of that state have eight, nine representatives? Yeah. Absolutely not. Grossly imbalanced. Grossly imbalanced and grossly uh, discriminatory. Absolutely. And surprisingly, this Supreme Court agreed. So they struck down this discriminatory, anti-black, overly white-centered map that Alabama proposed. They said it's unconstitutional. Uh, I'm going to tell you who wrote the majority opinion on the motherfucker. Chief Justice John Roberts, Republican all day, appointed by George W. Bush. uh, And he sure wrote the majority opinion on this case, striking down this discriminatory map. Now, before we go giving him Nobel Peace Prize right. and Chips Ahoy. You see, I didn't, pr- I know, I didn't, didn't part even, my yeah, lips. No, D- Dustin was like, and what else is going on? You gave me a Cynthia Bailey. What mm-hmm. else is going on? I've been here a long time, <laughs> yeah. so I know how these motherfuckers move. Exactly. Yeah. Yet, here's what's really noteworthy about it. This same motherfucker, John Roberts, Chief Justice, that just wrote this majority opinion that, you know, upholds the constitutionality of racially balanced voting and maps in America. Yeah. Just back in 2012, <laughs> when the Voting Rights Act was gutted. We all remember this because Clarence Thomas punk ass. I, I want to say maybe he wrote that majority opinion. Right. Um, when America, this same court with most of these same justices on it said, you know, We've come such a long way as Americans, and, you know, we don't really need these severe protections of black Americans' voting rights. And John Roberts said, exactly. So he did a 180 in not even, you know, 10 years, just well, just a little over 10 years, and completely landed at the opposite conclusion when it comes to the constitutionality and the legal rightness, really, of black voting in America. So one has to ask the question, what changed? There you go. Well, I got an answer for you. Okay. Well, I got two, but I got one that's better than the other. So without knowing anything else, I just, you know, my little legal brain starts mm-hmm. thinking and I'm like, oh, okay, I see what this is. First of all, Chief Justice John Roberts, he ain't had the best health. That's number one. No, no, for real. Okay. He literally, at like his in his early 50s, had a heart attack, had to take some time off the court. So he ain't like the picture of health. Mm-hmm. 
So I would have to imagine that he is very concerned around his legacy. Continuing with this conversation with Anita and everybody, everybody to me, when you when you get over 50, it's a legacy conversation for me. Absolutely. Period. Because every day is a gift. Yeah. So John Roberts, as he ages, not the best health. You're a white man in America in a very peculiar time to be a white man in America. And I believe that he has some and this Supreme Court for the first time in my lifetime is being dragged beyond belief around ethics violations, lacking of moral integrity, political partisan corruption. Lack of preparedness. Less, lack of prepared, just lack of, the Supreme Court is looking raggedy yeah. these days. And that's not something that the Supreme Court is used to. Now, the Congress, they they, they used to raggedy reputation. They right. always raggedy. The president be ghetto as a motherfucker consistently, you know, um, whoever's in office. Um, but the Supreme Court holds itself in a higher regard. It, it always has. It's always held itself to be apolitical. It's always held itself, Dustin, to be beyond reproach. And so this kind of cultural moment for a Supreme Court to be having multiple justices, I'm talking to you, uh, Clarence Thomas and others, uh, being accused of taking essentially bribes, you know, um, taking gifts that are unethical. Uh, I don't know what Elena Kagan and some shit she dubbed to. Yeah. It just all looks shitty yeah. and suspicious and and and, yeah. and raggedy yeah so for those reasons i said well, you know yeah and then you you white as hell john roberts and you gutted the voting rights act so this is this is maybe him saying let me try mm-hmm. to be on the right side of history here so that was my first conclusion but then i interviewed the black attorney who argued this case mm-hmm. uh on behalf of the naacp uh legal defense and education fund okay and his name is Duell Ross. So he's oh, your cousin. Oh, okay. What's he's up, bro? D. Ross. He is another D. Okay. Ross. Boy, of course he argued the, this a D, shit. A D. Ross going to do it right every Get time. Get it done. That's Get in it. there and get in the paint. So when I interviewed this attorney, D. Ross, mm-hmm. shout out to Duell. <laughs> yes. What he told me, because I asked him pointedly, I said, well, what happened in 10 years to make John Roberts ch- change his mind? QTNA. So much so that he done wrote the whole majority opinion defending the constitutionality of black voting rights in America. Say, what? Come again. What happened? He said, frankly, Ebony, I believe it was the influence of Ketanji Brown Jackson. Mm. He said, I believe when she, oh, because, you know, if you've never watched one of these Supreme Court cases uh, be argued or litigated, it's an active bench, meaning that as the lawyers are making their arguments in front of the court and the justices are lined up, mm-hmm. you know, just... They are asking, they are firing questions back to the Mm -hmm. lawyers. Well, what about this? What about this case law? Well, what about this dissent? Well, tell me about this. Well, you say this in the argument, but constitutionally, you you got to be ready to rock rock and roll. Yeah. So that's what time it is. And so he said when when the questioning started, Ketanji Brown Jackson, first black woman to serve on our Supreme Court in its, uh, you know, entire history, Mm -hmm. she started by framing the constitutionality of Black Americans as citizens. I mean, she, you know, so she starts with the the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth amendments. And if if and I know we hear about the thirteenth one a lot, and you know, fourteenth equal protection. If you're not familiar with the fifteenth amendment, that is the amendment that gave black men the right to vote immediately coming out of enslavement. And so she starts with that premise of even the founders. 
you know, and even if we kind of conservatively mm-hmm, interpret mm-hmm. these early, you know, knowing statutes, her audience. knowing her audience, the court and the country has been clear around the evaluation and the constitutionality of black voting. So when you start with that framework, you got to look like a real extra piece of shit <laughs> to come down any other way. And that is what this attorney said that he believes laid the framework to kind of tie the hands, really, of not just uh, John Roberts, who wrote the opinion. Child, let me tell you who else came down and said black black lives matter on this day. Brett Kavanaugh. Don't tell me BK. (laughs) Don't tell me BK did. BK, baby, with his extra white-centric Unqualified ass. Sexual predator ass. Show did. Wow. And I say that not, again, to big up Brett Kavanaugh or uh, Justice Roberts, because all they did was what they were supposed to do. Right. And I'm looking at the other three crazy, or four. But, uh, and especially you, Clarence Thomas, with your dumb ass. You you dry, rotted, horrible... Uh, meerkat face, old ass, sour neck, underarm ass man. You and that horrible looking, horrible looking wife, horrible looking, swashbuckling, acting, horrible acting wife. Uh, telling all the bit they we'll, we'll talk about. I can't that wait later. for the documentary on them two when they go on. And, what? And they What's her name? Jenny. Jenny. And she ain't from the block. No. Just deplorable legacy of the Thurgood Marshall. Yes. Deplorable. But. So it's not about giving them any uh, kudos for doing what they're supposed to do, but it is about highlighting the mythology that I heard many say, even those that look like us, Dustin, when this black woman was appointed and confirmed on Mm -hmm. the Supreme Court, a lot of people clapped out loud and smiled and ooh, yay, and representation and ooh, look how her daughter looking at her and that's good for black girls to see. But quiet is kept. A lot of people say she can't make no difference. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say they don't really matter. Because the court is three six uh six three conservative rather, and she just up there for optics. I heard a lot of us say that. Yeah. So I'm here to tell you, in your face, hmm. plain as day. Yeah. Eat your words, baby. Mm-hmm. Eat your words because this black woman is having impact from year one. Yeah. In ways in which not having a majority partisan presence makes what she is doing, Dustin, even more incredible. Even more incredible, even more noteworthy, even more special, even more impactful. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like uh, attorney uh, Duell Ross was saying, like, as he was question, you know, asking questions and moving through his argument, he was seeing that every time Kentonji Brown Jackson would ask a question and, and kind of lead the conversation a certain way, it made it harder mm-hmm. for the other you know, hostile justices to keep going down their rabbit mm-hmm, holes. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just levels of this shit. And if you don't understand judicial uh, policy and politics, just shut the fuck up. Right. Before you out here undermining the power mm-hmm. of this particular black woman. Mm-hmm. Good for her. I mean, this, this is just fascinating to watch. Isn't it? Um, it speaks to her brilliance. And she will forever be mem- re- be remembered and revered yes. in that way. This I'm is excited. special work. I'm excited because, you know, I think things that were previously far gone conclusions. And listen, we got a long way to go. So, you know, this is a this is a victory and we should acknowledge it as such. Uh, there's and so we, much and, more and, and to then do. There's so much coming up on this particular mm-hmm. court's docket. But it gives me a little bit of optimism. Yeah. 
It gives Which me a little great. bit of optimism in a time where it's hard to have any that some preservation of the constitutional rights of black Americans and other marginalized Americans, let's be clear, might live another day. They just might. I don't know that they will, but they just might. Yeah. And then for those of you keeping score about this Biden administration and what they've done, what have you done for me lately for black America, which is a valid question, of course. One could argue this is another win for the Biden administration. Absolutely. And it's not the only one. Of course not. But, you but know, we'll save that for another that, day. Yeah, we'll that's a that whole other day. day. Right. We'll but, be here but, for four but, more hours. Right. But, 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 but again, and I'm the first to scrutinize any administration, mm-hmm. including the Democratic ones. Especially the Democratic ones. Yeah, especially. You know why? Because they disproportionately, they, they only proportionately benefit from our presence at, yep. the, at the, the voting box. Yep. So they should get the most of our scrutiny. And yet, for all that, all that shit y'all's talking about and everything he does is performative and ain't nobody asked for Juneteenth. Well, first of all, uh, tell, go, go run tell that to Sheila Jackson Lee. Go run tell that to Miss Opal Lee. This is how you know people don't know their history. Right. That's how you know. Or they're present. Mm-hmm. Or uh, they're damn present. Yeah, because Congresswoman Jackson Lee uh, was just talking about it a yeah. couple years yeah. ago, right before yep. it happened. She was... Yep. She was there at that pin signing for a reason. You yep. better fucking believe. Anyway, uh, but connecting the dots here to this Supreme Court decision and Biden, well, he has to get credit for it. The administration has to get credit for it because for all that talk, all that lip, we sure ain't never had a black woman up here before. Obama. And could have. I'm a, honey, you had three nominations. Okay, I'm going to just go ahead and, I'm gonna go, you know, because people don't like when you talk about Obama. No, but that's my gripe. He should have stacked that damn court. Absolutely. Like his life depended like his, on it. it because actually, it did. Because his legacy did. Thank you. His legacy did. Let me go on and move on. See, you're trying to get me in trouble, Dustin. Now, President Biden, uh, y'all, unfortunately, was dealt a blow. Mm-hmm. And really, America was dealt a blow. Most of us that are <laughs> There's saddled. There's a joke there. Huh? There's a joke there. Let's go say it. Well, you know what they just allegedly found in the White House. Oh, <laughs> I did say Delta Blow. Sniff, sniff, Hunter. No, I'm just playing. You know that shit was left from uh, them raggedy ass. What, them Trump r- kids? Red nosed Trump kids. Oh, yes, yeah. you know that's where well, that's from. Or Trump himself. If it was even any found in the first damn place. You know you what know, I'm saying? I think, so I let's think it just, was a slow news week. Let's, that's what I think. Too. You know, they, they probably were really trying to just get this heat off the Supreme Court. That's really that? what that was. Where it belongs. Well, we're going to bring it right back. Mm-hmm. Run it back. Okay, so on June 30th, the Supreme Court, excuse me, indeed struck down the president's initial proposal to forgive as much as $20,000 for student loan borrowers. Y'all remember it was 10000 kind of across the board. And if you had had a Pell Grant mm-hmm. as well, you could re- be relieved of up to $20,000 mm-hmm. worth of debt. Um, now, which helps, but it really ain't shit. Well, I was going to say, unfortunately, for most of us, uh, we make a little too much money to even qualify. Because that's the other thing. There were mm-hmm. all these stipulations. stipulations yeah, yeah. You know, read the what? Find terms and conditions. Every time. Okay. Okay. So part of the terms and conditions where you couldn't make over $5. Mm-hmm. Um, you could- <laughs> okay. Ebony. <laughs> okay. I mean, it was kind of ridiculous, but it was going to help some people. And here's the other part. Most of the people that would have qualified had this gone through would have been totally relieved of all of their debt Thank because yeah. these were people that were not. And see, this is why that talking point from the Republicans about how awful this was because the waitresses and bartenders of America were going to end up paying for the doctors and lawyers degrees. Since let me tell when, you something. Let me, 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 let me,
Let yeah. me tell you something. Get their ass eat. Let me tell you something. I'm going to get real Whitney Houston on you. <laughs> I make too much money <laughs> to qualify for a Biden student loan forgiveness program. Let me be very motherfucking clear. <laughs> I'm too rich for that. Get the fuck out of my face. All this goddamn money I'm paying back every okay. fucking month. And since we have the fucking <laughs> disgusting ass cesspool dwelling ass Republican lawmakers right. giving a damn about the waitresses of America and, their, and what they going through. They don't give a hot damn. That you was don't just give a, a fuck. A mythical talking point that don't even make no fucking sense. So anyway, then they know damn well. Even even the public defenders of the world. Right. Shout out to my former tribe. Mm-hmm. We even still made too much fucking mm-hmm. money to qualify for this program. So stop it. Stop the lies. Okay. So it's shut down the White House's newest approach because, of course, let's pivot like any good political operative would do. And let's talk about Plan B. They're calling it Plan B. It's going to be based on the Higher Education Act of 1965. Now, let's go back. The original Plan A that was just struck down was based on the HEROES Act, Mm -hmm. uh, which was basically higher education relief under the auspice of a national emergency. So it was tethered in that particular case, Dustin, to COVID. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, which makes it. Well, it kind of makes sense. I'm going to tell you why. We made that work. Some of y'all didn't. Yeah. It never worked for Auntie you know, this is, And it's not because I don't want people to not pay. I hate these fucking loans. Yeah. I hate taxes. I wish yeah. you didn't have to pay none of this shit. I don't even want to talk about taxes. <sighs> my nerves are bad just you mentioning it. Every time my accountant call my phone. Or will I you see your check and you wish like all that money could just. Like, well, you see, see what's the, the problem is for some of us is you we get it. And then got to put it and up. And then you got to. Uh, Anyway. That's the part. That's the that's the, the when they twist the knife. Yeah, that's the you Hamlet of it all. Oh, <laughs> so so he did attempt to take full advantage of the COVID energy, mm-hmm. right, and say that we're going to say that my education secretary. So this is now authority under the executive branch of government, per the Heroes Act, can pause, can even, and and, and the pause part was right. You can pause. Because that has a temporary impact. Mm-hmm. But but President Biden says, well, if we can pause, we can erase, mm-hmm. right? He said, let's just go a little further with it. Go on down the road with it. My education secretary can erase all of this particular student loan debt under the argument that we are still in a national uh, epidemic, pandemic, which is true, crisis. And let's get rid of this 20000 loan. Well, the Supreme Court says, nah, player. That's unconstitutional per the uh, something that they really call the major questions doctrine, right? Um, now, I, I, I told y'all this. Go back to episode one, season two. Mm-hmm. I don't like what I'm about to tell y'all, but it is indeed the truth and it is per the law. Okay. The purse strings of our nation, America's pocketbook. You got to be grown to know what a pocketbook is. A pocketbook. Okay, your pocketbook. Not a purse, not a clutch, a bitch. A pocketbook. Not a Birkin, okay. you bougie hoes. Your pocketbook. That's right. Your pocketbook. Mm-hmm. The pocketbook of America belongs to Congress. Mm-hmm. It just does. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you're starting to talk about any type of legislation or policy that is really rooted in the money, in the cash of it all. You got to talk to Congress. You got to fucking talk to Congress. That's it. Some of y'all want to be back. Well, uh, why are you saying they're going to shut down the student loan debt relief? Really? They ain't shut down that PPP loan. Bitch. Congress voted and approved of those PPP loans. Now, it was some bullshit. I agree. But again, those hands were waxed. Those palms were greased. And Congress said, line, they lined the fuck up for that shit. And hey. they approved it. And that's the difference. 
It's not that the forgiveness of those PPP loans or any of those other bullshit, uh, you know, corrupt Mm -hmm. financial forgiveness programs were any more legitimate Mm -hmm. than student loan relief. I'm not saying that bullshit. What I'm saying is Congress said yay on that shit. And that is the difference. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gets me to this plan B. Okay, so he's talking about the Higher Education Act of 1965. So we're going to try it this way. It's going to take even longer. So because a lot of people were like, well, why didn't he even John uh, uh, Roberts in the Supreme Court opinion Says, well, like, you know, you could have tried some other things. So so the court's saying, interestingly enough, Dustin, we're not wholly opposed to the concept of student loan forgiveness, but not this way. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think they're going to be voting yay anyway. For anything. I don't, but let's play the game. Because you that's what you got to do in the law. You got to mm-hmm. play the motherfucking long game. Okay. So they say try again. Because a lot of people said he should have done this n- Plan B, plan A. Mm -hmm. But he says, I didn't do that. And actually, I'm going to quote the education secretary. Who said, oh, no, actually, I read this earlier. This is not my notes. But basically, the uh, education secretary, Cardona, said the reason that we didn't do plan B first is because it was going to take too long. And we were committed to providing immediate relief Mm -hmm. to America's uh, working class. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. But here we are. So plan B, I'm going to tell you all right now, it's going to run into the same fucking problem. Because so, it's, it's, it's the same argument wrapped in a different statute. So you're going to go the scenic route because it's going to take um, like eight, up to three to 18 months. Predictably, could even take longer than that for them to do something called a rulemaking process. So you got to vote and get all this shit in order just to then be able to go about pursuing this forgiveness under Higher Education Act of 1965. And then guess what's going to happen, jurors? Someone's going to sue that particular plan under the same argument that it is an overreach of executive authority per the Constitution, per the fact that the Commerce Clause requires Congress to manage the finances of the country. So we're going to go the opposite way to get the same in the result. same damn spot. Okay, so what do we need to do then, Eve? Okay, I'm glad. Let's just yeah. get to it. Yeah. This is why I wore this shirt today. Mm-hmm. What is I can't read this shit. What is it say? If you can read across my big old double Black D's. folk must vote. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I wore this shirt today because this is the only way legally mm-hmm. and effectively and let's just stop playing with the bullshit and get it done way that Auntie E can prescribe for student loan debt relief to be a real thing in America. A reality. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It requires this. It requires actually st- st- stop trying to go around Congress, Mr. President, and go through it. Stop taking a shortcut. Stop trying to overreach your executive authority. Well-intentioned may it be that shit going to keep fucking up and failing. Because they don't give a fuck. And they're going to do whatever they have to do to block this. Every time. Yeah. So let's just stop with the shortcuts and go through. Let's go the long way and go through Congress. Now, that requires this here. Mm-hmm. This requires, I think, the president, because if I'm Biden, fuck it. Like, let's just go hard in the paint. And let me run for a second term in a way that allows me to actually execute an agenda that makes my presidency mean something. Or if if not, then fuck it. 
If not, then sit down and let Gavin Get Newsom let somebody yeah. else run yep. if you ain't going to really go for it. Yep. So I would go for it. And I would run on this, Dustin. I would run on the fact that y'all saw when I was in the Oval, I made every attempt that I could to make student debt relief happen. And the Supreme Court tied my hands. I'm asking the nation to support me and untie my hands. And how do you do that? You have to not just put me in the White House. You have to deliver me a Democrat overwhelming majority in the House of Representatives. You have to deliver me an overwhelming majority. And by that, I mean at least 52, 53 Mm -hmm. Democratic senators. Mm -hmm. If you do that, I can do the following. I can actually get the votes just like we got the votes on PPP. I can get the votes from Congress to erase this student loan debt. Why are we not seeing that come from the from the White House? It's really just one reason, and and I hate I hate this reason, but I'm gonna tell you what it is because I've been talking to mm-hmm, my DC mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. The president and this administration, and the vice president too. I gotta put my gotta put my sore in it because she's responsible. And see, this is the shit they should have been talking about on that essence stage. Mm-hmm. They are too afraid of being off putting to who they think their real base is still, like dummies. Which is rural, white, rust belt, industrial America. And they're afraid, Dustin Ross, that if they run hard on this, what I just said, because with with that with that Democrat majority Congress and Senate and Biden, baby, we can get it done. Cook the motherfucking <clears throat> kitchen, run the run. What's it? Uh, run the table yep. from student loan debt relief to let's uh, have a federal protection for women's right to choose mm-hmm. what to do with our fucking bodies. Mm-hmm. Let's run the table on, oh, I don't know, the Supreme Court want to do this fuck shit with affirmative action. Let's make it so that we decide as a federal authority that diverse racial and cultural campuses are indeed a compelling state interest to make America exactly the nation that it should be for it to live up to its ideals as a civilized nation of equality. We can run the table on black maternal health care. Madam Vice President, I appreciate you coming out and speaking on it, but can you legislate on it, please? Because that's the real action. That's the real work. That's what we need. That's what we need. So that. The reason that they're not saying what I'm saying, because, you know, I'm a smart bitch, but, you know, this, yes, this you right, are. but this right here well, ain't you right. smart, you ain't no bitch. Which well, smart. it depends to on me. who you, you are. You can say I'm it, but you know, I'm yeah. not a bitch to you. No, yeah, right. you smart. <laughs> yeah, shit, okay? But what this right here ain't rocket science, baby. Mm-hmm. This is common sense strategy. Uh, and the reason they're not saying it, Dustin, the White House is not coming hard out the gate like this here is because they don't want to offset. They don't want to upset. They won't, don't want to be off putting to white rural voters that they fear would backlash against them and keep them out of office. If they if they admitted the quiet part out loud that we really need to make some shit happen for the broader diversity of black America. But they, but here's why I think that is a political misstep. <sighs> Cuz I was about to tell you. No, go tell ahead. Me. No, no, you tell I, me cuz I've been talking a lot. Go ahead. No, but first of all, there's ways to satisfy that base as well as get to the forefront with the politics and the political action that we so desperately want to see. Mm -hmm. If the White House and this administration is paying attention to the conversations that are going on as we approach this election, Mm -hmm. right? They know that people want to see more from them. Now, we know we've been keeping up with all the things that are going on, and we've been keeping up with what the Biden-Harris administration has done. They have made some progress, but not in ways that have really impacted. And they haven't sold it well They haven't sold it at all, to be honest with you. I agree. We are—they are up against some radical— 
um, um, grossly disrespectful to the political process. That part. You know, Republican politicians, if you want to call them that. Republicans are at war and Democrats are stuck on diplomacy. And and there's That's a way it. to be at war in a diplomatic way. There's I don't a way. Think so personally, I mean, play, the, play well, dirty, well, but play good when yes, you need to. Yes, like, you are right. But I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting that I don't think there's a real benefit to even airmarking it as diplomacy anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think, first of all, the Democrats are still confused about who the fuck their base is. Let's let's go back the, to that. Yeah, clearly, that's, that's the real problem. Y'all are still stuck on these. 1992, 96 Clinton mm-hmm. data points mm-hmm. where Democrats, the establishment Democrat Party, and this includes some high profile blacks, mm-hmm. they still think that the 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 winning note of the Democratic Party comes from uh, rural working class white America because that was the Cl- because that was the Clinton collective. That's that is how. Well, things have changed. <laughs> The fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like, why why are we even... But that's what they... I'm telling you, that's what they're stuck on. And this is what happens when the president is Joe Biden, who has been in the United States Senate for 75 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not for Mm -hmm. real. Mm -hmm. So you still think that your best chance at re-election cuts through Idaho. Cuts through... I mean, maybe not a little, but you know what I mean? Cuts through that... That, that honky yeah. tonk yeah, yeah. white voter, and yeah. you don't want to piss that voter off, and you presume erroneously, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, that Black America is going to show up for you anyway. So you don't feel you need to run as aggressively on those issues. You believe that the youth vote of all colors is going to show up for you anyway. So you don't need to run as aggressively on those issues, and you want to kind of be quiet about those aspects of your policy agenda and you still want to run on these same honky-tonk talking points thinking that you're going to pull votes from a Trump or a DeSantis. I'm here to tell you, Madam Vice President and Mr. President, you are not. That ship has sailed. That aspect of rural, white, angry, incensed white America who feels they have lost their legs in this nation They are not coming back to the Democratic Party in this generation. Forget about it, as the Italians would say. (laughs) Yeah, forget about it. That's it. Yeah. Forget about it, though, for real. Yeah. And go ahead and run with who's running with you. There you go, E. Run with black America. Run, Run and earn the vote of black men. Stop bitching about how black men are staying at home or they're not coming out or they're voting 20% for Trump. Well, Look in the fucking mirror and think about why that might be, Mr. President. Look in the mirror, sore, and think about why that might be the case and do something about it. Speak specifically to the needs of black male uh, mental health care. Speak specifically to the needs of black men and prostate screenings and the disparities of health care as it relates to black folks dying in this country. I'm still waiting on the George uh, Floyd Justice and Policing Act. I don't know about you. We ain't forgot. I, so, so yeah. So that's it. That's that's it, y'all. So, so how, how do we how do we get the the relief, the student debt relief, actually done? You 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 can keep trying. You can come up with Plan B, C, D, F, and Z, Mr. President. They will all be shut down by this particular Supreme Court under the same doctrine of whether we want to call it major questions, whether you want to call call it the Commerce Clause, whatever you want to call it. I'm actually going to suggest they have a constitutional rationale that flies, whether you agree with it or don't agree with it. Elena Kagan and her dissent didn't agree with it. 
but it's called the majority, Mr. President. And the majority of this court says you overreached. So how do you avoid keeping this from happening in plan B, D, C, D, F, and Z? Mm-hmm. Stop trying to stop trying to bypass Congress, sir. Get the votes. Get the votes. So that's it. All right, y'all. There you have it. Remember, decisions are being made about us each and every day. So it would behoove us to get involved and pay attention, especially with things like student loans that are about to start having us make new payments real, real soon. It's a hot topic, and I want y'all to know. So pay attention and connect with your local lawmakers. As always, y'all, keep the faith, stay informed, and as Dustin Ross would tell you, read your terms and conditions. Holden Court is an Interval Presents original production from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media. Executive producer and host, Ebony K. Williams. Co-host and producer, Dustin Ross. From Interval Presents, executive producers, Alan Coy and Jake Kleinberg. Produced, of course, by Ashley J. Hobbs. Editing, sound design, and mix by Stephanie Morell. Original music by Epidemic Sound. Video editing by Kaysen Alexander and Courtney Deans. Consultant, Carla Wilmaris. Special thanks to Operations Lead, Sarah Yu. Business Development Lead, Sheffy Ellen Swag, and Marketing Lead, Samira Still.